My name is Latasha Robinson, and I am a Christian and a prophetess. As glamorous and horrifying, or as weird as it sounds, living life called to a ministry of the prophetic is both amazing and complicated. In this podcast, we are going to explore what it means to have a prophetic call in your life, whether it's being a prophet or simply exploring or growing in the gift of prophecy to encourage others. This isn't a rant, but an opportunity to hear about the challenges, victories, and hopes of the calling in the prophetic. So welcome to Talking It Out with Tasha, and I'm Tasha. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Talking It Out with Tasha. I am um, so excited that I got to share and I'm getting to share with you guys so much of my life of being a single prophetic woman who leads a ministry, um, missionary and all the things, prophet, all the things. And this season especially has been really unique in that um, we've had some cool guest speakers and um, just people sharing life. Um, I really hope and want to demystify this thought process that, you know, prophets just kind of spend time in the spirit realm and, you know, floating on clouds all day or something. Really, we're just real people who have these crazy sensitivities that God has given us as gifts. Um, He uses our sensitivities to help to equip his body, to help prepare his body and get it ready. And so today I thought I would talk about the role of the prophet and how like sometimes my life is so, my life is already really different than most people that I know, but even more so um, because of being a prophet, there are just certain sensitivities, certain proclivities I have that are really unique and special to, you know, the calling that I have. Now, I am more of an apostolic prophet. Actually, I'm more apostle, probably even sometimes than prophet, but I've been, I'm definitely strongly a prophet. Um, For those of you who don't know this and, you know, there can be prophets who are just prophets and then there can be people who have like a mixture of fivefold gifting. So you might be a prophet that is also an evangelist or um, a prophet with an evangelist edge. So you love going out and doing street ministry or, you know, equipping people to do strip street ministry or, and you get prophetic words on the streets and all that kind of stuff. You might be a prophet who's more pastoral. So your heart is for the people and you probably flow a lot in inner healing and deliverance and all those things. Um, because you, you have a shepherd's heart and shepherds have compassion for the sheep. You know, you might be a prophet who um, has what we call an apostolic edge, which is a builder prophet, a pioneering prophet, um, a prophet that equips and raises up and trains. You might be one who is more teacher. So, you know, you God gives you revelation from what he has spoken and, and you're able to just teach really um, that revelation of the word. There's all kinds of like prophets out there. Um, I happen to be more of an apostolic prophet. So I'm a builder prophet. I love 
starting new things. I love pioneering. I'm, um, I feel like recently I've been seeing so much of, um, reading so much of the apostle Paul and he's talking about not wanting to build on another man's foundation. And I, I like really, that resonates with me. I'm like, let me do something that's not been done before. It, it actually makes me come alive. But I wanted to talk about this today because I think there is this, um, I think people don't realize often that prophets are not one size fits all. And if you've read the Old Testament and you think that all prophets are supposed to be like Elijah or Elisha or whatever, or um, Jeremiah, then you're, even though that there's definitely some of that function that kind of like reduces us to a small um, way of functioning. And it's not really like that. So all of us have these sensitivities and um, these kind of thought processes of how, um, of who we are and how our giftings are expressed and they're different. And so you might have a prophet that's very called to like, um, business. And then you might have a prophet that's called to ministry or marketplace or, um, excuse me, businesses marketplace that might be, you know, called to the church. Right. So it, the giftings and the way they're expressed is really determined by how God uses them. Um, and what, what venue he kind of tends to use them in. But one of the reasons why I love talking about, um, I wanted to talk about this is because I am a prophetic single woman. And so for, since I was little, I have been sensitive to things of the spirit. I, you know, and this is mainly too, for those of you who are parents listening out there, like if you have prophetic kids, they're going to be way more sensitive to even correction than, you know, your other kids. Like my brother, he could get beat child. He would, he did not care. He was just going to do it. He was going to take the VCR apart. Um, for those of you who don't know what it's the VCR, we bless you. Um, a VCR is like, you used to play tapes back in the day, you know, um, he would, you know, he did all kinds of crazy stuff. Me, my mom could yell at me. I would start crying. Like I was that sensitive as a child. And I think back on those things now. And I'm like, how many kids are like that? And a part of the reason they're that way isn't just because they're sensitive, um, in terms of being emotionally sensitive, but they are actually prophetic kids, right? They're sensitive to your tone and your voice and your facial expressions and all of these things. Um, and so for me, I know specifically, I, I'm very sensitive to, you know, when I walk into a room, if people are having discussions, like I can feel kind of the quality of the discussion, whether it was about me or somebody else. And so, you know, living with that level of sensitivity is really something special because you really don't, um, you really don't recognize it as that at first. It actually just kind of seems like whatever, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you can kind of always pass it off as, um, as like me maybe being overly sensitive or like, that's just the way you are. And I think for me, like one of the things I realized, whether you have a five-fold ministry calling or not, like you tend to view the world as like, everybody's the same. Yeah. Like you tend to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm sensitive. Other people must be sensitive too. And then you get to into conversations with people and you figure out like, no, 
it is actually not like that. I don't even know. They don't even know what you're talking about, you know? Um, and I'm sure like, and, and I find this too, this happens with myself. Like if you talk to a pure per evangelistic person, they're always talking about the loss. Everything is about the loss. If we're not doing anything for the loss, we are failing in our mission for Jesus. Um, you know, there's all kinds of like, like, and, and they think that everyone thinks that way. The same thing for a pastor, you know, it's all about shepherding and the heart of the people and making sure people are good. Um, if you talk to the five fold ministry office, right? The teacher, he's like, Oh, the word, the word, the word, you know, let's make sure we're paying attention. Um, let's study the word. Um, you know, and you can kind of go on from there and, you know, the apostles like vision building, let's, you know, figure out how to serve and, and build a structure and let's pioneer, let's create something. And so everybody's kind of got their proclivity of like what, what's important to them and what they think is should be important to other people. And even if you're not called to fivefold ministry, like there are some people who, you know, there's a passion that you have and you think, we tend to think that everybody kind of thinks just like we do. And I, I think the older I get, the more and more I realize that that just isn't real. That isn't true. Like everyone has a part and a function. You know, we're the body of Christ. So all of our functions, all of our roles are important. Everything that um, every single part is important to the function of the whole and so is, you know, the evangelistic person going after the loss needs the apostle who is the pioneer, who's going to build, who's going to help the evangelistic person have some place to send the, the people getting disciple who need discipling once they get saved. And you need the teacher once you get that structure so they can get discipled properly. And you need the prophet to help under, help the people understand where the pitfalls are to see what God is doing and to keep everyone on track. And you need the pastor to make sure that the people aren't just running out their vision and, um, you know, you that they're, the people are OK, that they're healed, that they're um, getting what their heart most needs. Um, you, you know, all of these roles have their function and their place. And I think like as I've as I'm kind of thinking about my goal and my role as a prophet, um, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm, I realize that um, it's it's really I think differently. You know, I dip, think differently than other people. And even amongst prophets, we have even though we might have some similarities, some commonalities, we think differently. Than each other too sometimes especially depending on our experience and the way we're raised and I think these things play out mainly because I I want us to you know I just want to be clear like we're not all meant to be the same and I'm very grateful for my experiences and the way that I am different in terms of other prophets but also in terms of other other kinds of leaders and all five of the functions are super important. And nobody can say that God's, you know, any part or any one function isn't as important as the other because the Lord gave us those five functions for a reason. But 
I, I also want to talk about like some of the, the challenges with it, because I think being a woman who is a prophet is always interesting, especially when I first went to France, because obviously the first thing that because people aren't used to women prophets, especially single women being alone of course like people thought I was Jezebel and I was like and no one actually accused me of that to be clear but you can always feel when people are super suspicious of you and you're like I mean you just met me <laughs> like what what am I trying to control here exactly and it, it's so interesting to me like how sometimes a woman's strength is viewed as a threat um even in the kingdom, even though we're all trying to work towards the same goal of building the kingdom, there's this this attitude that you somehow are dangerous. And I feel like sometimes what people adapted was, you know, fear of anyone that comes from outside as opposed to embracing people because they are a soul too. And then as I got, you know, started doing ministry in France and more and more people started to embrace me and open the doors for me. Even I found that there was a valid reason for some people to feel that way. And I had a few encounters myself with individuals that I was like, Whoa, that spirit is with you. Um, where I, you know, and, and so I kind of understand that skepticism that people had, especially initially, and then I started to realize, like, you know, as we talk about these different functions and roles and how, like, if you haven't had healthy spiritual parents or mentors in your life, sometimes you can just develop this very toxic kind of perception about who you are and about what your role and is and how it's supposed to function. And people are moving out in the, in the prophetic and all the different spaces, the fivefold spaces with, you know, their particular paradigms about what ministry is supposed to look like and how they're supposed to be treated and all this kind of stuff. And so I would, I've been realizing more and more for myself that it's less about trying to like, look like somebody out who is doing it right. I want to follow people as I follow Christ. And as they follow Christ, excuse me. And so I feel like I've been realizing more and more that that um, Paul said, be an imitator of me as I imitate Christ. Right. And I feel like I, I'm more and more just getting into this space of, Lord, let me follow you. Let me develop my character to look like yours, because I think sometimes, especially with prophets, you can get so focused on being so accurate and the anointing and all of this stuff. And you forget that actually the role and the goal here is to look and be like Jesus, right? The Bible says in Romans eight, like we are to be conformed to the image of Christ. It does not say that we are be to be conformed to the image of a prophet. And Jesus was a prophet. The best prophetic ministry comes from him. And so I've realized more and more, like as a prophetic person, I want to be like Jesus. I want to, to, to operate in his character and his wisdom. And I want to reflect him in the things that I do. And so I feel like I've just been on this journey myself of, okay, so what does being like Jesus look like? 
Um, yes, I'm a prophetess and that's wonderful. And I love all of that. And it's not to say that there's one or the other, cause I hate when people make these like false, like, Oh, you're either a really good prophet or you're like Jesus. Like, no, there's no distinction. God is the one that gave Jesus is the one that gave us the fivefold. So stop it. But what I see in the disciples is like they continue to come, even though they were apostles, they continue to be disciples. They continue to try to learn from what Jesus taught them when he walked on the earth. And I feel like that's where I want to be. Like, I want to be someone who is continuously learning from what Jesus has done on the earth and and follow that example and and be like that. Right. And so. I feel like more and more, I just, um, more and more these days, I'm, I'm just like trying to, um, operate in this, this space, this wisdom space of Jesus. What, you know, like, you know, not just asking God, like, what do I need to be the best leader or even though I do definitely ask those questions, I feel like those are some of the most important questions that you could ask. Um, but instead of just asking that, I feel like these days I'm asking, okay, Lord, like, you know, what does it look like for me to um, be like Jesus as I'm on this journey of building this ministry, Barn Global, or doing the Encourager community or coaching, like, Whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's just business like coaching is or whether it's ministry like Barn Global is, um, you know, planting churches, whatever, like like how do I do this and continue to walk in the character of Christ? Because when you're starting a project, it can be so frustrating and you just want it to go a certain way. And so I'm like, OK, but in my heart, like I want to look like Jesus. And then I think. Part of it is us defining what we think Jesus looks like, right? Like, is that a definition that comes from the Holy Spirit or is that our own definition of what we think he looks like? Obviously, we get the clearest picture of Jesus from the word and we need to follow that. But what I mean by that is like, I've been asking myself, like, am I, am I coming from a, a particular bias as I talk about and think about what being like Jesus means? And if that is the case, then Holy Spirit, give me the full picture of what it means to look and act and and be a follower of Jesus Christ, which is absolutely what I want to be. Um, you know, I realize that in today's world, a lot of what people are doing right now is saying the world may not want this or, you know, not, you know, like that, like we critique the world for being sinful as if there's not sin in the world, you know what I mean? But, and I know it's so easy to just pick something in culture and critique it like Beyonce's song or something and be like, oh, this is bad. But I feel like more importantly, what I want to be is not just a, a screaming what's wrong with the world, but I want to be someone that's be, that is in their character, in their heart, like Jesus, and what I saw when I saw when I read the Bible and I see Jesus walking the earth, yes, there were a number of people that hated him, but there were a bunch of people that loved him and they, he healed every single person he came to. And there's this there was this 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 thing that was happening in 
him that as much as people were repelled by him and it was mainly religious people, there were people drawn to him too. And so I don't want to walk away from the word with a, with a, a one-sided narrative, right? And I get it. There's there, the Lord said, like, if they, they hated you, they're going to hate me. I get that part. But I want to make sure that if I am hated, that I am hated for being like him and not for being religious, which has nothing to do necessarily with him. And so I think like I'm more and more, I'm just like, as I conclude this season too, my, my statement is like, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him. And though I am being conformed to his image, I just want to say it out loud. Like that's what, that's where I'm striving to be. Um, I hope that as you've been listening to this, you hear me talk about my life and, and all the things that I do. I hope that you, your, your one takeaway is, is truly this one. And that is that being a prophet, being all of these things is so wonderful. And I'm so grateful that God trusts me with such responsibility. Um, but I want so much to be like his son. And that's what I hope to always be working towards, no matter what ministries I'm building or what tasks Jesus entrusts me with. There's nothing sweeter. There's nothing greater because he is my greatest reward. Bless you guys. And I will see you in season three. Thank you guys so much for joining me for talking it out with Tasha season two. I am so excited for all the things that we got to share together. Um, This podcast season was a little bit different than my first one in that I shared a lot more. I had some guest speakers. I shared a lot more of the things that have been happening in my heart. And I just wanted to overall do this podcast to show people that prophets are real people too. Um, even if they're called, even if they're missionaries, even if God uses them, that you're, you can be a prophet and be a real person at the same time. Um, and that we're all growing under the grace of Jesus Christ, just like everyone else. Uh, I'm so grateful that you listened to this podcast and I want to, of course, invite you back for season three. We're going to have more guest speakers, um, more people to, you know, bouncing off ideas, me kind of processing my heart, but um, all of that to say, I'm so excited for this season coming to its conclusion, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time. Um, if you are interested in connecting with me beyond this podcast, you can do so at www.latasharobinson.com. I am a transformation coach. What that means is that I help people to find their purpose, to unlock their destiny, and to heal their heart. And I run two specific programs um, that people seem to have really good responses to. Um, and the first one is called the Unlock Program. It's really about you help help me helping you to find your destiny and purpose. And then the Heart Coaching Program, which is all about healing your heart. So if you have trauma, if you have had, um, you know, you feel rejected, then this program is for you. Um, I also do one-to-one coaching as well. I do, I actually run an entire mentorship group for the prophetic called the encourager community. And so if you are interested in being a part or connecting with me, you can certainly do so. I also always offer a free complimentary call, 
um, for people if you want to connect and just see if it would be a good fit for coaching. So, so if you want to connect with me and I would love to connect with you, go ahead and schedule a complimentary call at www.latasharobinson.com. I look forward to seeing you guys in season three and thanks for talking it out with me. God bless you.